listening to I Feel For You, a podcast that supports you to be more you. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga and movement and meditation teacher, DJ, writer, polymath and, well, storyteller, using various tools to hold space and help you feel more free to be who you are and all that you're becoming. This is episode 28, and I don't know about you, but it feels like there's been lots going on these weeks. It's January, New Year, Super Moon, Wolf Moon, Blood Moon, Blue Monday, Deep Winter Blues, Aquarius Season, etc. And the energy has felt weird lately. Are you feeling unproductive? Overwhelmed? Tired and low in motivation? alienated and down, dealing with resistance, disconnected from yourself, yet getting mixed messages about needing to have it all together because news feeds are rampant with declarations and rally calls to declare this the start of your best year ever. You're not alone. There's a lot of noise and comparison and strange goals can creep in and knock us off track. So how do we remember who the hell we are and bring ourselves back in these times? I'll be sharing some thoughts and ideas and I hope they'll inspire you as well as reassure you on your mission to be more you. So a disclaimer, I've been trying to finish this podcast episode for around four days now. I mean, I was in Norway DJing this weekend, but now I'm home and faced with the finish line. Somehow, almost ridiculously, everything is difficult, sticky, slow, like I'm wading through treacle. I just want to hibernate in a duvet cocoon and eat my feelings whilst watching a titillating yet non-triggering series of some sort. Pass out, then wake up renewed. And as I WhatsApp my dear mates to catch up, I notice that many of us are feeling similarly. And I know that there are many of you too who relate. And so I wonder, how can we be more tender and gorgeous to ourselves in this time and learn to trust and embrace in our own rhythms and cycles and respect the season we are in right now? So in this episode, I'll be exploring how the hell we can do that And I really hope that there's something here that helps you feel supported in these times and reminds you of who the hell you are so that you can feel better and show up in the world and do the work that you are here to do sustainably and with pizzazz. So I really hope you enjoy the show. And as always, if you dig this podcast, feel welcome to subscribe and perhaps even leave me a review on iTunes because it really helps other like-minded good people find the show. Thank you so much for being here. Please grab some tea and some biscuits and any refreshments for the ride. And let's dive in. Hello, my darlings. It's Dion here. It's been a couple of weeks and I missed you. There's dogs barking, but I'm okay with it. I hope you are too. So this is a bit of a jam and I hope you don't mind me sitting down and having a real talk with you. So hopefully we've made it through the new year noise, have we? Or are we still licking our wounds and recovering from it all? It's all so weird, isn't it? 
And what's also strange is that this time of year that tends to carry the most demand and potential stress on each of us is the time of year that's also energetically a season where we're most tired, probably, which is kind of funny, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been feeling certainly going on these days and also what I'm noticing these days around me energetically, what I'm noticing as I move around the world, but also what's coming up for people that are close to me, be they my one-to-one coaching clients or friends or strangers too. So what I'm noticing is that there's a lot of feelings of isolation and hopelessness and a low feeling and maybe a questioning of what the hell, what am I doing? And I guess, especially with New Year stuff, if you celebrate a new year in January, which I also find really strange, like why when we're just exhausted, we want to start all these new things? (laughs) New Year for me is officially in spring. But anyway, it's, it's a sort of weird time of collective reflection too, right? There's a lot of noise of people sharing their goals and that's great or sharing their achievements or maybe things that they've learned and you know it can be super inspiring but it can also be very very loud if we're not in the same place and we're not able to maybe find time to do that for ourselves and I'm not saying that everyone should just be quiet and not share at all but what I'm trying to give attention to is that it's not surprising that we might feel a bit discombobulated and with that disconnected and odd about this stuff especially when we don't know what to do with it so I just wanted to acknowledge that it's a kind of weird time of reflection and a time that maybe stuff has been brought up for us whether that has been in the weeks running up to new year or the weeks just after new year and that strange old new year, new me thang. And I promised I would never say thang again, didn't I? Because I've never actually said that in real life unless I'm singing along to a song. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm sorry, you know. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to speak on that and that feeling that seems to be affecting so many at this time of year. And I know that there's so many of us that have been feeling drained and maybe finding it difficult to focus Perhaps like me, you've also been wrestling with a glorious cycle of insomnia and anxiety. Yes, glorious. P.S. There is a really old blog post about insomnia over on my blog, and I'll link you to that in the show notes in case it helps you. In fact, I'll update it because there's been some new things that I've been trying. So to those of you who might be carrying stuff or perhaps also wrestling with low motivation yet the guilt that also means you don't feel so productive these days and yet you've got all of this stuff you want to do or maybe stuff that you are working on and so you're kind of productive but it's maybe not in the ways that it should look. I don't know I just wanted to speak on it because I think it's so easy to feel isolated and alone in the world but also especially when you work for yourself and you know when you work for yourself there's never anyone there to to say to you that it's enough you're enough what you're doing is enough and so we can find ourselves measuring ourselves against other strange goals that might be inspiring but maybe just not for us you know what I mean I mean, we all know comparison is the thief of joy, right? That's an old, I don't know, proverb. And I agree with it. And in these times, especially amplified by social media, we might be overwhelmed by it all and struggling 
with feelings, struggling with this energy that we're, that we're working with. And I also think it's easy to feel isolated and alone if you're maybe doing work that doesn't make sense to a heap of other people. That's maybe not a quote unquote normal job. And especially if you live in the Northern Hemisphere and you're experiencing the deep midwinter vibe of grey, dull, cold or freezing temperatures right now. These winter months, whew. And I know what it's like to feel alienated or down. And it's a challenge for so many of us to remember to connect and not contract in these moments when we are struggling or feeling isolated. So I wanted to speak on that and also put a shout out to anyone who is going through that. So know that I've got you and that I'm holding space for you. And that I really hope there's something here in this waffle, perhaps underneath all the layers somewhere that might help support you in these times. And I know, especially in the last few weeks, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot. There's been a lot going on. I mean, globally, news cycles, and there's been a lot of feelings and moments. And when we're so consumed by all of this information and our attention is being pulled in so many directions, it only adds to that kind of fatigue. I mean, yesterday I decided to look at my OneTab app. Do you use that? It's on the desktop. So, you know, when if like me, you're a Gemini moon and you're like (laughs) using the Internet during the day and you've got like, I don't know, 82 tabs open. Um, Okay, that's an exaggeration, maybe 25. And you just really need to focus or concentrate on something. There's this little app. It's called One Tab and you can just press it and it minimizes all those tabs and collects them in one place so that you can revisit them later. So anyway, I decided to look into my one tab yesterday and I had 12,385 saved tabs that you and I know I'm never going to look at ever again. Good Lord, it's a lot, right? (laughs) And it made me think about, you know, not just this information age that we live in. I know that sounded really early noughties, right? Information age and information superhighway. I don't know. Anyway, uh, shout out to information and media studies students. Anyway, It made me think about the fact that this isn't new. Obviously, technology exacerbates the amount of information and stuff that we're exposed to, right? But I was thinking about when I was living in London in the kind of mid-noughties. And I remember like when I lived there, it was very different to visiting. And each day, just commuting to work for an hour and a half, I would be exposed to so much information and it was really exciting, but I would find at the end of the day, I would be so exhausted from all of that information and I would talk about it even then, like, I mean, is it healthy for us to like be exposed to so much? Is it useful or does it like just feel overwhelming? I don't know. And I think, you know, information is great. I'm a sucker for information. I love it. But at the same time, What is the nature of that information? And I find, especially this time of year, there is a focus, I think, on things that maybe imply what we should be doing and where we should be doing it, how we should be doing it and with who, what we should look like whilst we're doing it and how we should be and feel in the process. And, you know, it's a lot. I don't know about you, but I'm really trying to learn how to be more selective with what I'm exposed to and last week in particular it was a real peak for me and the whole I don't even want to mention his name but I will do so for the sake of this because I've written about it but 
with the R. Kelly stuff that's going on, I mean, I'm not going to dive into it here. So just a word. I've written about managing or rather navigating the feelings, the intensity of feeling and numbness that comes up for survivors, um, particularly survivors of sexual abuse. Um, So I've written a piece, it's called Self-Care for Survivors, in case it's useful for you or someone that you know. Obviously, it comes with a trigger warning. um, So just take care of yourselves if you are exploring that. And you can find it on my blog, dion.space forward slash blog, if you're interested. Last week, when I wrote that piece and shared it I really wanted to to speak on some of those cycles that we go through when we are exposed to particular news stories and topics that that touch on stuff that could be triggering um, or related to trauma and I was exploring that I said I wouldn't go too deep into this so I'm not going to waffle too much so just read it if you're interested or don't if you're not Um, and really it was a kind of call or rather a rally a rally call to hold space for people that were feeling stuck like me or were feeling low or feeling the weight of that particular type of information that felt overwhelming and um, almost unavoidable. So I'm thinking a lot about how we consume information, where our attention is, and how we can manage that so that we can, you know, show up in the world and do the work that we're here to do. So I guess this podcast episode really just wants to hold space for all of that. And acknowledge what so many of us are experiencing. If you are experiencing some of the things I described earlier, like low motivation or just feeling low or overwhelmed, like it's no wonder that we crash and feel low, especially in these times, in this season, post new year, whatever, like January, the most depressing day of the year, whatever it is, you know, it's no wonder that we might be feeling low. So it's in these times that we need more than ever to remember who we are, as opposed to perhaps looking outward. And I just also want to say that if you are struggling with low mood, particularly like feeling depressed, please seek help, please get help because you can feel better, I promise. And I really want you to feel held and supported. So speak with your doctor. There's also lots of online resources and therapists too. I've spoken about this before and I will link to what I can in the show notes, um, but obviously get in touch with me as well or reach out to someone who you trust and don't feel alone. So when we're feeling some kind of way, perhaps overwhelmed by information, perhaps feeling the pressure of needing to be busy, and or achieving and or setting all these new year intentions, goals and all of that jazz and maybe we're just not there. Remembering who we are can be so helpful. But how do we do that? I mean, things like consistency can be helpful. But when we've got low motivation, we can't even reach a level of consistency. Do you know what I mean? So how do we think about that? How do we bring ourselves back? So maybe it's the small things like, I don't know, 
going to make a cup of tea. I know this is like super, super basic, right? But maybe it's going to make a cup of tea. Maybe it's like pulling a goddess card. Maybe you pull a book off the bookshelf and you turn to a page and you look for some kind of guidance. Maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's getting into bed. Maybe it's getting on a yoga mat, I don't know, or any other kind of mat or no mat. Maybe it's making time for a bath or a massage if possible, self-massage, or if you can afford it, going to get a massage, getting some treatment. Finding those little motivational tools that help us to remember. So when we've got low energy, how do we get motivated? And now I'm thinking about Kelly Rowland. I'm not going to sing to you. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) I think it's helpful to remember the season that we're in, that it takes a lot of energy to be social and put yourself out there. And especially after an intense period like Christmas, if you celebrate it, or like New Year drama. Remembering that there's seasons for being out there and there's seasons where we have the energy to put things out into the world, to create, to manifest and to build. And in this period of time, respecting the season and just like nature has gone underground a bit, we might not feel or seem like we're building anything as if we're moving upwards and outwards. But in fact, we are, that our roots are moving sideways. So let yourself sink with the seasons. Let yourself be inspired by nature and allow yourself to slow down and respect your rhythms. And if you need a reminder of that, go for a walk outside and just take a look around. You know, there's not much colour. There's not, seemingly, there's not much life out there. But trust that it's all going on regardless. It might be slower and that's okay. And I think just even reminding ourselves that we're okay, it's okay is helpful. So we can think about winter in particular as an example of trusting in the seasons of our lives. You know, the weather comes in, these weather systems move, and perhaps it's snow or rain or whatever it is, the winds, they clear the landscape. And it's the same with us. Around this time of year, we get a chance to go inward and maybe begin again if we like. And I mean, you know, we're always beginning. We're always kind of starting again or rather evolving, building, hopefully, but we can be slower with it in this time of year. We can be more gentle, tread more gently. We don't need to be up and out there all the time. It's great if you've got the energy to do that. Go with it. Go with your flow. But if you're not, don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up for not feeling social, for not setting New Year goals and all that stuff. We get to decide whether we participate in that stuff And we get to decide how we want to be, how we want to relate and connect to that. We get to write our own story. And, you know, there might be stuff that we've been putting off in other times of year where maybe during the extroverted seasons, we haven't had the chance to look at or pay attention to, particularly when there's stuff to resolve or just those small things that, you know, we keep saying, oh, I'll do that next week or whatever. We get a chance in these quieter times to maybe reflect and look at what stays and what goes. But I think in order to do that, we've got to build a deep trust with ourselves. And especially if we're running a business, for example, especially if we're running a business that, forgive me for this phrase, but you know, that is perhaps heart-centered or a more soulful business. And I mean, that just sounds so wanky, doesn't it? Because any business can be a soulful, heart-centered business. You can be doing accounting, shout out to accountants, right? And you can be doing that in a soulful, heart-centered way, right? 
I'm not just talking about, you know, I really hate this phrase, woo-woo. I really hate it. But, you know, hate is a strong word. You shouldn't use it, whatever. But, you know, what I'm saying is, if you're working for yourself and you've got your own business and you're doing things, you know, in your own way, you're creating your life in a way, you need trust. You need to believe and trust in it. And what do I mean by heart-centered and soulful? What I mean by that is your work is motivated and comes from a place of serving others. And I don't mean that in a kind of insufferable way. What I mean is it's not motivated by a get rich quick six figures, let's be motivated by achieving this money goal first and foremost. I'm not saying that money isn't important because, you know, all money is is energy. Money isn't bad. It's just a way of exchange, right? Just like energy, it's an energetic exchange. So don't be scared of money. But what I'm saying is a a kind of more heart-centered, soulful place. Your number one motivator probably isn't from that place. You've probably got something else that's inspiring your work. There's something else that is your motivation. There's something, I'm kind of reluctant to use the word deeper, but okay, let me go with it. There's something deeper that is inspiring your work. There's something that is more purposeful. So when you are working in this way that is looking to serve and support other people in a purposeful way as like a main motivator, I think you especially need to cultivate trust and acknowledge the seasons, not just, you know, the external seasonal calendar, but the seasons of our business as well. So we can't be like a rocket all the time. We can't be up and out there and doing it all. Otherwise, we don't get to evolve our ideas or develop our business. We need the slow and the gentle. And to be able to have the time to take stock and to review and recalibrate in order to move forwards. So we have to be able to expand and contract in the right moments, just like nature, you know, just like the seasons. So there's times when maybe we're really busy and packed out with clients or events during the year and we might not get to do that deeper work. So it's in these times, in these periods that the universe can be like, you know what, it's time for us to look at the other stuff. So for example, in this time of year, if you are struggling or dealing with resistance, right? Perhaps this is the universe's way of saying to you, you know what, it's time to kind of deal with some other stuff. You know, you've been going at it like the clappers. Where is that phrase from? I do not know. But, you know, maybe you've been so focused on other stuff, maybe serving, probably if you are in a heart-centered business, maybe your, your focus and attention has been on that outwardness, showing up, supporting people, making, creating, offering. And then this time of year, when maybe you're feeling like, oof, actually, I'm quite exhausted. This is vital to the business. This is vital to your work because learning how to show up for ourselves and build trust and to take care of ourselves is so important. And I'm scared to use the word important because I feel like everyone's saying everything's so important, important, important. And that's kind of overwhelming in itself. But I feel like the key to us having a successful business is really being able to trust in our rhythms and our cycles and the flow, right? Because even if we're going slowly and it's almost like so slow that we feel stagnant, like we're almost going to stop, we are still moving, we're still evolving. This is, this is part of life, right? 
I'm sorry I'm getting a bit enthusiastic and passionate about it, but I, I truly believe it. You know, if you're struggling and feeling like, God, nothing's working. What am I doing in this world? I don't know if what I'm offering is enough. I don't know if I'm enough. These are really important questions for us to ask ourselves. And I don't mean in a kind of existential way that we get neurotic and almost stuck in that. What I mean is, we have an opportunity when we ask ourselves those questions like, oh, is this enough? Am I enough? What am I doing? Is this even important? Is this work important that I'm doing? Are my offerings helping anyone? This is a chance for us to reflect and to really go deep into that. Like, hmm, is this working? Let me review. Okay, let me look at my, I don't know, I'm gonna, I was going to say systems. So, you know, maybe you have systems. Yeah, I think we do. We get to take stock and review and recalibrate so we can move forward. We get to explore in the in these times, you know, maybe our exploration isn't about the systems or the way that we're doing something in our work process. Maybe it's more of an internal exploration, like are we looking after our mental health? Are we taking care of ourselves and our needs? Are we looking after our physical health, our emotional health? All these things that are vital, especially if you are running this kind of heart-centered, soulful business, which I wish I had another word for. <laughs> Let me know if you have another word for it. But So all of these things like, like enable us to be in balance. So paying attention to our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, our spiritual health, you know, what's nourishing us. All of these have everything to do with our business because when we're on track, when we're doing right and taking care of ourselves, everything else flows better, don't you think, right? And part of that is also managing our relationship to feeling deserving and feeling enough. And because there's no one perhaps around us saying to us, you are enough, this is enough, you can stop now. Maybe there's, there's no one in your life that does that for you. Maybe you're not working with someone else and you're completely alone especially in those times, we've got to learn how to do that for ourselves. And if we are struggling to learn how to do that, we need to be able to also ask for help in learning how to do that. So that might be, you know, booking ourselves in with our therapist, that might be getting a coach, I don't know. And that's not like a promo situation, right? I'm just saying like, in my own personal experience, when I've worked with different coaches for different reasons, it's really helped me to have a different perspective and to learn new techniques and ways of taking care of myself. Like ideally, your coach should ideally be making uh, things sustainable. You don't want to be dependent on a person. I don't think whether it's like, you know, a yoga teacher or, you know, a coach that you're working with or a therapist. Ideally, you want to be working with these people so that you can learn tools that are sustainable, that you can take home and adapt for yourself so that you can support yourself fully. Do you know what I mean? I need to take a breath. But another thing that I'm noticing that's coming up connected to this sort of feeling of um, being enough or feeling deserving of stuff is a sort of lack mentality. So I'm noticing like perhaps with clients, there's a worry that, oh, January is a slow month. I don't have enough customers or, you know, I'm not selling enough of this thing. This is coming up for people. And for so many people, it can be a slow month. And it can be so easy to get caught up in it, particularly if our focus is 
externally looking at other people's goals or achievements or reflections of the year, right? When we're not maybe taking care of ourselves and taking the focus onto ourselves. So I feel like it might be useful to look at managing our relationship to lack. And I think that's everything to do with trust, right? So what do you do when you're having a slow month? How do you build trust that things will be okay? How do you trust in the rhythms and the cycles, right? Because every business has a rhythm and a cycle. It does. And it, maybe it doesn't seem clear or maybe it's kind of new and early days for you or maybe you've sort of uh, changed directions in your business so it feels a bit unclear. But trust that there will be rhythms and cycles. There'll be the inhalation. There'll be the exhalation. It's natural. And so... You need to remind yourself that if you're running your own business, it's likely that you've got this far by hard work and trusting in yourself. So you've got that capability to trust because you have to. Otherwise, it would be impossible for you to have got anything off of the ground so far. So I feel like trust is one of those things that is essential to us being able to grow and develop in our business and our lives, right? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that you too were interested in growth and ever expanding until, you know, the end, which is sort of morbid, but really it's fine because, you know, <laughs> it's how it is. So trust, I think, is key to everything. And like I said, you can be working in any field and be doing heart-centered work. And, and in that kind of heart-centered work, the work has to sort of come from you or rather like beyond you. I don't know if you connect to this, but certainly... For me, what resonates is the fact that I, I understand that I'm just a channel, you know, like I'm just a person that's showing up to hold space for others. Let me make this real rather than kind of ethereal. So, for example, if someone ever comes to like a yoga community class or like they're on retreat or they come to a workshop or even like clients I work one to one with, if they're like saying like, oh, Dion, like, oh, my God, this was so good. You helped me so much. Oh, God, I feel weird even saying it. But, you know. If someone's like, oh my God, yeah, you did this thing and it was amazing. For me, I can, uh, maybe this is like an issue that I have, but like I can never internalize that because for me, it's like, it's a process that can't exist without a kind of conversation between two or more people. You know what I mean? For example, a yoga class for me, I can plan and I can create a class. I can sort of have a vision. I can do all the research. I can do all the practice, all the preparation, right? And then show up and teach the class. But for me, a class is like, I have to, I have to do all of the preparation and do all the work and then show up. And then when I show up, I have to trust and sort of let it all go. You know, it's the same in a yoga class. It's the same when I DJ. It's the same when I'm working one-to-one -one with someone. And I notice this. And over time, you know, 10 years doing this work, what I have learned, and I don't know if this is useful for you, but what I've learned is that, yes, preparation is key, but trust is really the catalyst to creating magic. And that magic isn't about, I create magic at all. What it is, is about coming together to create something that uses both of our energy that we make together. It's never about like, I deliver an excellent yoga class. No, I show up, I do what I do and I vibe with the people in the space and I work with what's there, you know? I'm just never taking that for granted. I'm not trying to like sound like so saintly at all because, you know, this is really, truly 
just my motivator in showing up. Like, I want to be able to hold space for people in the best possible way that I can. And I want to kind of clear out any noise so that I can be a channel to like share anything that might be helpful or useful for them or just, you know, remind people of who they are, but also hold space for all that they're becoming and whoever they want to become, whoever they want to be. You know what I mean? My point is that if you are doing any kind of heart-centered work, whatever it is, I know I use the example of accounting, I don't know, like maybe you're you're helping people finding find their dream home. Maybe you're an artist that creates music or film. Maybe you're a designer and you help people make logos for their website. Maybe you're someone who's working in a doctor surgery and you greet them and you help them to create appointments and connect them with the right person that they need to speak to. Whatever field you're in, if you're doing heart-centered work, you're a channel. And so if you're blocked in any way, and by blocked, I mean, you know, if there's resistance or like self-doubt, a lack of trust, then that's going to get in the way. I'm not denying when I say this that sometimes we have to be able to go into a mode just to get through the day. But for me, I know I'm doing my best work when I'm an open channel. You know, not like I'm weeing on everyone. Oh my God, that's so awful. I'm really sorry. I should edit that, but I probably won't. But, you know, it's not like I... (laughs) It's not like I'm an open channel and I'm just projecting all this stuff onto people, but rather I'm not getting in my own way so that instead stuff can channel through me. You know what I mean? We have to be able to connect to ourselves in order to trust enough, but also connect to ourselves so that we remember who we are. And I know I mentioned that earlier, but like this is so important. And by remembering who we are, that is knowing that we're enough. Wherever we're at, whether we are like, I don't know, making and creating right now, we're in a state of flow, great. Maybe we're not there, maybe we're in bed every day with a laptop struggling to like answer an email. You're still enough, it's enough, you know? Just taking stock of where you are in this season, being respectful with it, trusting in it as well and understanding that this isn't a forever state you're not going to be here always this is part of a process and also listening deeply to "Mm, okay does this feel like something that's been going on for a really long time could I use some external help if you are working on your own it can be harder to notice like oh actually I think I need an intervention here I think maybe I'm going to go and speak to someone and ask for help however that looks right Getting close to yourself to listen and really trust yourself. Listen and respond. You're enough. You're enough. And if there's no one around you that's saying that you're enough, please let me tell you that you are. You really are. This work requires that we trust in our connection to ourselves. And despite the heavy times or difficult periods, even if we feel the furthest away from ourselves than we ever had, we can always get back to ourselves. We can always reconnect. And sometimes I notice, you know, in conversations with my, with my coaching clients, what comes up is like the worry that our clients or customers will be affected by this, right? That, oh, I can't afford to have a week where I'm 
producing less than normal or even taking a week off or whatever it is, however long that we need to come back to ourselves, to reconnect, right? But chances are, I'm pretty certain that your clients might not even notice that you're faltering or struggling because so many of us have learned ways of just, you know, coping or putting a face on things. As I said earlier, sometimes it's necessary in order to help us get through the day, but others, it's a hindrance. Those are the times that maybe we need to get help. If we're kind of just putting a face on it and we're just coasting through and suppressing all our feeling and our need and our cries for help, then we know we need some support, right? There's a lot of affirmation stuff that goes around and I've done affirmation work myself and I find it can be really, really helpful. But affirmations only work if you believe them. And if you don't believe them and trust in what you're saying, there's no point just slapping on a, this new year, I... Da, 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 whatever it is, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to offend anyone in case I say something. Around New Year, when there is a lot of a lot of noise, remember that what matters is that you're connected to yourself and that you get to choose. And the noise that you make has to be real. I'm speaking to those people that connect to this idea of feeling like you are here with a purpose. And your purpose is very much about putting things out into the world that hopefully is going to offer something that will help someone feel better in some way. I don't know if that speaks to you. I know when I'm connected to myself. I know when I'm good. I know when I'm in flow and doing the work. It literally feels like a flow. And the work feels the most receptive when I'm in that state. The only way I can describe that state of getting out of my own way and and can I kind of connect into myself, but sort of not connect into the BS, it's more like a presence. It's a feeling of being so present. And when I'm working, when I'm in service, it's like I'm giving, I'm giving out, but it's not from a place of being completely depleted It's like I'm being fed at the same time. It's reciprocal and it's the best. And it's just, you know, I live for it, literally. And you can't really plan for that kind of stuff. Even with intention, like you can have an intentional way of being or you can show up for the work and have an intention for the work that you're doing, but you can never control it. And and I never want to control that. I hope I never get into a state where I'd start wanting to control it because I feel like this work, this heart-centered work, for want of a better phrase, is so much more about trusting and being open to what happens. And that is key to everything. That is key to the magic. That's the eureka moment. We can apply that to the seasons of our business. We've got to trust that doing the work might look like you saying to yourself, I'm so exhausted. I've got no motivation to practice my craft. That's part of the work as well, I think. Experiencing lows and seeing that for what it is. And I'm not talking about depression here because with depression, as I said, you know, having that external help and support is important. But experiencing the resistance and seeing that for what it is, I think that takes a lot of trust and courage. I think it takes a lot of trust and courage to be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm here and I am feeling quite low in motivation. I am feeling a bit tired. I'm feeling a bit empty. I'm not feeling inspired right now. 
but oh, there's a tool. Let me let me um, just go and make a cup of tea. I'm feeling low. Let me just nourish myself. Let me let me do something that seems so small, but also trust and know that that can be a huge catalyst in remembering ourselves. So maybe, for example, it's like, you know, I have these goddess cards. Like, So maybe I draw a card one day and I've forgotten to do it for like months and some, somehow I come back to it. And then, then there's the next thing. It's like a little tiny catalyst that reminds you to trust and reminds you of what you already knew was there. And it might look different for you. It might be like, oh, I'm feeling really depleted. Okay, let me go out and get some fresh air. You go for a walk. On that walk, you meet a great dog. You have a great chat with that dog. That inspires a new embroidery print. I don't know. You know what I mean. But it's these tiny catalysts of listening deeply and then trusting our response, knowing that this is the work too. And the work might not look how you think the work should look. It might not look like you're putting loads of stuff out into the world 100 miles an hour. And I hope that it doesn't look like that for you all of the time because chances are you're probably burnt out. And if you're burnt out, babes, you need a break, okay? (laughs) So just a disclaimer there. What I do want to say is if you ever experience resistance or low motivation or not feeling inspired or connected to yourself, I think that this work, this kind of more internal work makes you so much more of a compassionate human or whatever you want to call yourself, worker or whatever. To know the lows and the flows is key. I feel like people who are unable to notice those shifts and changes in the seasons of your work and life, I, I, I just don't think they're as relatable. And I don't think that they can have as much empathy or as relatability to their customers or clients because, you know, the fact is we're living in difficult times and I know a lot of people are struggling and are in pain. So it's helpful when we can relate to that, when we can speak to that, when we can be honest and real about it. To relate to each other is so powerful. So these people, these empaths, these feelers, those who are experiencing the shifts and the changes and that are learning to trust every day and knowing that this is part of the process, these are the people I'm most interested in. These are the ones I want to hang out with. Those who know resistance and and work with it every day. And in general, I think they're the most fascinating people because this is what it is to be human and to be evolving. And this is amazing. We have to remind ourselves that growth is a process. So it's not all fire and extroversion and making and doing and putting things out. Part of growth is going inwards. It's the slow groans and the stagnancy and the stickiness. And it's the resistance and the moments of questioning. Is it worth it? Am I doing the right thing? What the hell am I doing? You know, (laughs) Even when we ask these questions, I'm hopeful. Like when clients come to me and we talk about this stuff and they lay it down and they're like, you know what? I just do not know what the hell I'm doing. I feel excited and hopeful because that's when we get to cultivate trust and really go deep and listening. And this is the foundation. We, we at least get to challenge ourselves to build trust And we also get to explore what it is that we actually want. And we get to remember what inspired this path that we're on. We get to examine like, oh, is this still feeling good? Or do I need to make some changes? And sometimes that can be hard to do alone. So 
you know, I've said earlier, I recommend speaking with someone that you trust. And that might look like a friend or a family member that can support you where you can just talk about it. Or perhaps it's someone with a bit more distance that might be helpful. So maybe it's a work colleague or maybe it is a coach or someone like that or a mentor. And again, you know, that's no promo, but I will say in my time working with different coaches, what's really helped me to move forward in the most transformational ways is having the space to unpack and explore, coupled with someone else's kind of perspective that isn't too close in a way, like isn't too close to it, that isn't living it with me. And then someone who can help me get some perspective and clarity and also accountability following that deep exploration. Like, you know, it's all well and good thinking about all this stuff, maybe even writing about it or whatever, putting it in our notebooks and putting it in our planners and diaries and bullet journals. But it's the next steps that help us to build momentum and make real change, right? So how do we still show up and do our work in these times when we might be wrangling with any or all of the stuff I've just spoken about? And I think consistency could be one way of taking a first step towards something. So maybe that looks like doing something nourishing that feels good for you. So remembering that when you're right, everything else will be right. Everything comes from you. So you've got to be in the right place. You've got to set up the conditions to find flow, right? To build trust. So for example, with regards to consistency, we could maybe, I don't know, build this new fancy regime with all of these crazy steps that are intended to overhaul our lives dramatically. But I am not sure that I'd encourage it. And in fact, I never encourage someone to just suddenly like implement this brand new life with all of these fancy things that they're doing in the day, which are completely overwhelming. Maybe there is some transformation, but at some point, I don't know, at least in my observations, there's a crash. And I feel like this time of year, as we go full circle in this whole waffle, sorry about this, but like this time of year, like two weeks after New Year, we start to notice it, right? People falling off the wagon or whatever. There's no shame in falling off a wagon, if you want to call it that. There's no shame in like not fulfilling something that you set out to do. It's how you respond to that. How do you still trust yourself and know that, oh, okay, maybe this thing wasn't right for me, or maybe this thing needs some adjustment. I don't know. I'm going down a whole nother path, but you, do you get what I'm saying? Do you hear me? You don't need a whole new fancy regime. You don't need a life overhaul. And I don't encourage that. I suggest sustainability. Things that you can do that don't feel super taxing, especially if you are exhausted, tired, low in motivation, feeling uninspired. Tiny little catalysts and reminding yourself you can always begin again. Try something out try it for a few days. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you just continue. So it's one tiny thing. I've spoken on this before. And, you know, there's this blog post I wrote about beginnings. And there's like a practice that goes with it. And lots of reminders that you can always begin again. And there's also resources. There's there's a podcast, episode four, New Year, New Mare, which might be worth listening to if you are experiencing New Year fatigue. There's also an episode I did right before the Christmas period, which is called Manage Your Time and Energy During the Busy Season. That's episode 25. So check that out. I will put all the links for these in the show notes. But And there's another episode about winter fatigue. That's episode six. 
I will link all of these in the show notes for you if you need some support and resources that are all free. I'll also add some free practices for you too, yoga and movement and meditation in case that's useful and you just want something different, you want to try something. These are just offerings. They don't have to stick. And if there's something else that's calling you, go with that. Do you know what I mean? Also, I should mention about the summer retreat because I know there's people who come to those retreats. And again, as I just mentioned, you know, sometimes we we sort of want a, a big kick up the ass and... <laughs> It was so English. Um, sometimes we just want a kind of big boot up the bum. We want this sort of overhaul and this boot camp and to be told what to do. So if that's what you want, my summer retreat probably isn't for you. But if you're interested in sort of exploring new techniques and like having conversations like these and looking at what might be more sustainable and real, but kind of getting out of your day to day life and getting away from the noise in order to do it, then maybe check it out. You can read all about the retreat on my website, dion.space. It's not specifically only yoga. There is definitely yoga and movement every day. It's very much a sort of holistic approach. There's a lot of creativity involved, like a lot of techniques and explorations with creativity connected to yoga and movement as well. And I'll also be offering coaching sessions to each of our guests as well, which is the first time I'm doing it officially. So that's really exciting. It's in the past. I've really something I've wanted to to do more in the retreats because it sort of happens anyway. But I really want to honor space, really carve out space one to one with people so that we can go in individually and collectively. So that's exciting. You can head to the show notes, ifeelforyoupodcast.com. I really hope that there's something here for you. And of course, remember, there's tons more free resources on my blog and website, like articles, podcast episodes and videos, as well as my weekly digest. If you want a love note to your inbox each week, maybe sign up for that. It's free, dion.space forward slash digest. It's not for your inbox. It's not a love note to your inbox. It's a love note to you, darling. So (laughs) if that floats your boat, go for it. And obviously, finally, if you do want to work one-to-one with me, if you think we might be a good match, maybe check out my offerings. I've switched them up a bit so that people can make them a bit more flexible. So if you head to my site, dion.space forward slash creative coaching, you can read all about it. Again, I'll link you in the show notes. So I'm doing like a one-off call. So if you just want to have a chat one-to-one with me, we lay it down, we go deep in one session. There's something there for you. I'm doing um, clusters of three sessions and clusters of five sessions. So you can sort of choose your own adventure. That's very uh, trendy right now again, isn't it? Did anyone have those books in the 80s where you kind of get to choose? Yeah, okay, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. If there's anything here that resonated or you've got an opinion or a thought or an idea that you want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. Contact me via the show email, I feel for you podcast at gmail.com. Maybe you want to leave me a voicemail. I love it when you leave me a voicemail. I'll link you to that in the show notes or find me on social media. Yeah, I'm there sometimes. (laughs) I love you. I'm kind of, I'm there. I'm always here. I'm here for you and I love you. And I want you to feel like you're enough because you are, okay? So just a reminder, you're enough. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Farewell. Farewell.